to the X Shack, episode four. On this episode, we'll be talking about Powers of Ten, number two, written by Jonathan Hickman, featuring art by Arby Silva, inks by Arby Silva, and Green Oakley and colors by Marty Garcia. Warning, spoilers are ahead. to the X Shack. Uh, come on in, have a seat, and listen to me talk about the X-Men. Um, as you heard from the opening, this issue is, uh, well, this episode is going to be issue two of Powers of Ten, and my oh my, do we have some big developments going on. Uh, let's jump right into it. So uh, we find out that um, the information that uh, Mystique, Sabretooth, and their, their team stole was actually some information about a new team. Um, a new group of scientists that are made up of remnants of every major secret scientific and um, first response military team you can think of in the Marvel Universe, including Hydra, um, AIM, SHIELD, SWORD, you name it, and there are remnants of them working in this group, um, basically trying to develop a first strike strategy for mutants. Um, the floating sentinel head that we saw in issue one of House of X, uh, we find out that that is actually a mother, uh, mother mode. Um, it's a, uh, it's different than a, than a sentinel. This is, this, well, it's different than a master mode. Um, it's basically designed to not only make sentinels, but really to make master modes. So they're actually developing a large scale possible attack for mutants. They're doing it out in space. Um, I believe that it's orbiting, I wanna say, it wasn't Saturn, but it was orbiting another planet. Um, and Magneto and Professor X essentially send Cyclops, who seems pretty gung-ho to go on this mission. Um, you know, he asks, is this something that's required? And they say, yes, it is. And he says, it will be done. Um, so that was a very interesting little way to open up the issue. Um, well, I shouldn't say open up the issue because the opening scene is actually the meeting that took place between Magneto, Moira Mattaggart, and Professor X that actually set up everything. Um, the meeting where Professor X says, hey, we both have been wrong. We have to join forces in order to accomplish these goals and both of our visions are incorrect. We have to do this together. A great meeting between the two because a lot of us have been wondering how exactly they um, decided to join forces because it's kind of weird seeing Magneto and Professor X working together. Um, so that meeting kind of helped really establish that. And then we jumped into the scene with Cyclops. Um, we also find out the uh, aftermath of the future mission um, that some of the future mutant clones or mutant hybrids, whatever we want to call them, um, it was the mission where, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Bell, I believe it is, Sarah Bell, um, was captured in. Um, and you know, it's the mission that had Rasputin on it. Um, we find out that uh, they met up with, at the time we figured it was just Wolverine, um, Zoran, and what looked to possibly be 
Groot at first, but this issue makes me think that it might be an embodiment of Krakoa. Um, I think that Krakoa finally decided that it needed a body and that this future version may be the embodiment of Krakoa. Uh, we also find out during this whole back and forth that um, they're working with Apocalypse. It seems that Apocalypse is actually leading this team um, to try to save mutant kind. Um, we come back to that later. Uh, the next scene gives us back in, into the future, same time period, um, which I believe this is the 100 years into the future, I believe. Um, we're at the Tower of Nimrod, and um, Nimrod being told some information by some humans that, hey, these mutants actually did get away with something. They have this data chip. Nimrod isn't too happy about that. He incinerates them, um, and he has a kind of poetic moment. And then we jump back to Apocalypse and his team, and we find out that the way that robots or the way that the machines work is they categorize every single event. And um, they can know the day that something happened, but they won't necessarily know the exact time because when they find the data, they have to scroll through everything and scrub through everything to try to find out exactly um, when that specific moment happened. And it looks like that um, uh, Apocalypse has found what he's looking for. Um, it appears to be something connected with Nimrod, the um, Genesis Protocols, which I'm assuming this might be the moment that Nimrod was created because in the um, earlier conversation with Cyclops and Professor Rex, it's kind of hinted that that moment might be the moment that creates this version of Nimrod. And um, since they've lost two of their, their team members, one of which had the ability to make them invisible to the machines, Wolverine's kind of comment, like, you know, even if we have the data, this is a suicide mission. Like, we, we're not invisible to them. Once we go on this mission, they're going to know where we are. They're going to know that we're coming. We can't really hide from them, so it's going to be a suicide mission. Uh, but it appears that Apocalypse assures victory because he himself will lead this mission. Uh, so I'm guessing the next issue, we will see the mission that... Um, I don't know what to even call them, but uh, Apocalypse's group, you know, the, I guess the A-men, the, the Apocalypse men or the, the horsemen or whatever we want to call them, they're going to be going on a mission led with Apocalypse. I'm, I am so sure that we're going to get lots of action in that issue. Um, and then comes a time where we have to get the diagrams, um, the information that is in all these issues so we can kind of piece together what goes on. Um, and we kind of get the idea of what may have been the birth of um, this version of Nimrod. Uh, and it seems that at some point there was a um, mission sent to uh, Nibiru. And uh, Nibiru was a, is a gas giant and that they had this idea to create a, let's say a mechanical planet. Um, so this mission was sent out there uh, with self-replicating machines so that when they got there, they would actually, you know, land on the planet and instead of terraforming it, they would do the same thing but kind of in a machine way. Um, so they would eventually build a machine empire and it seems like this was the birth of the, the empire of the machines. Um, and then we're jumped yet again, uh, 1,000 years into the future and we catch up with these elevated mutants and the evolved Nimrod and uh, we're given this weird conversation about ascension, um, about 
reaching the next level, finally reaching the potential, finally reaching into almost godhood or godlike status. And it seems that um, this city is possibly going to be destroyed. There's this black cloud coming and a black cloud forms and we find out that it's the phalanx. Anybody who's an X-Men fan knows about the phalanx, so this is a crazy moment to have. Um, and the conversation is had of, as what is it that these mutants want? What do they want on this planet? And we're told that they want ascension. And then it's ended with the types of societies. And um, these sides, uh, types of societies are just basically like, you know, hive minds, world of minds. And we find out that at the top of this food chart, at the top of this scale, is the phalanx. And the phalanx operate on like a cosmic scale. They absorb planets and absorb societies and cultures that they feel would, be, would benefit them. And then anyone that they feel is not beneficial to them, doesn't really serve a purpose, doesn't, wouldn't help them, those societies are destroyed. So it's left on a cliffhanger whether or not this mutant society has evolved to a level where the phalanx will feel that they want to absorb them or want to help them ascend to this next level. Um, yeah, big issue, heavy issue, a lot of heavy things happening in here. As usual, that's what we've been seeing from this whole series. Um, since the last series or the last episode, I have found out that there is a cipher out there um, for the Krakoan language. You can actually get this um, alphabet. It's almost fully cracked. Um, and you can use it to decode certain Krakoan things in this book. I am hoping that that is something that is going to carry on for the next few years. Like this, this alphabet will play a part in a lot of things that Hickman is going to be doing. Um, yet again, this is a one-two punch. Um, since the second issue of House, we've been getting, we've gotten answers, but yet and still we've got more questions. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Of course, that's what keeps you coming back. I feel like I've said it every episode that um, they've got me hooked, uh, leaving me with more questions while giving me answers makes me want to see what the next chapter is, what the next issue is, and see what this whole overall arcing story is going to be. I find it interesting that um, next week they're going to be shaking it up a little bit. So instead of releasing the next issue of House, we're actually getting the third issue of Powers. So that means that there is something big going on. They don't want us to wait. We need the next issue in order to really establish what's going on because the last issue of House, we were given, you know, the revelation that Moira Matagor is a mutant. And then here we're immediately given what happened in, almost after that moment. So Professor X finds out. Eventually, um, they decide to go meet with Magneto. And I say eventually because in the issue number two of House, um, Professor X is still walking around. In this issue, at the beginning, when he first goes to meet Magneto, he's in a wheelchair. So he's had his accident between that conversation and the meeting with Magneto. What's weird, though, is that, of course, if you've been reading from the beginning, you know that Magneto, that Professor X is yet again walking. So we haven't had the moment where we see how he starts to walk again. Um, but we went from finding out uh, Moyer was a mutant to this whole meeting with Magneto to we're formulating a plan to try to stop these sentinels, which based off of the time jumps into the, f the future, we find out that maybe this does succeed some kind of way. 
and this is what causes the um, the the mutant the human mutant machine war that is taking place a hundred and a thousand years into the future. Well, a hundred years into the future. Um, so I'm really curious to see yet again where we're going to go from here. I'm curious to see where some mutants are. There's certain characters I'm waiting to pop up. Um, see what their status is and what role they may or may not play in this series. Um, and with, you know, the revelation of the books that are coming after this and seeing some of those teams, I really want to see how they're going to be introduced into this mythos with the X-Men. Um, yet again, another solid issue. Uh, I'm loving everything going on right now. The X-Men fan in me is so excited and so happy to see this. Um, I look forward to this book, of course, when it comes out. Uh, this book or this series is part of what got me back podcasting, got me back recording episodes, um, and has not let me down. I am so happy, so excited as a fan of the X-Men, um, and it looks like they are definitely getting some love. Uh, Hickman, keep doing what you're doing. This is wonderful. Yet again, the art is, as usual, beautiful. Every issue has been great. Um, the story, everything, even the idea to actually have this um, language, this, this Krakoan language, be something that could theoretically be based in reality. I mean, there's an alphabet for it, so there you, you can read it. Um, I've talked to a couple of people who have been using the, um, the, the cipher to decode some of the messages in the books, and it's gotten to the point where they actually can recognize the letters without looking at the cipher. Um, for those who are wondering, if you use it in the first issue, um, I believe it's the last page that we're given, and it's, uh, it decodes to the curious case of Moira X, which of course we know was something that was coming um, later on with the revelation of Moira being a mutant. Um, I actually had decoded the one for this issue, but I do not have that with me, but I believe it said something along the lines of, once again, unto the breach, I believe is what it said. Um, so it's a little, there's little Easter eggs, little teasers in here for you. So there's a lot to this book. There's a lot to this series. And yet again, I am enjoying it. I love talking about this. I love talking about the X-Men. And I am so, so, so happy that they are getting some kind of love right now. And it's a beautiful thing to see a great X-Men story being told. Uh, I've been wanting this for a while, and I'm so happy that I get to see this and get to read this. I can't wait until the next issue of Powers of Ten to see where this goes and what happens. Um, hopefully, everybody who's been listening um, has been enjoying this. Um, the numbers are really good, so a lot of you guys are listening. And I would love to get some more comments, some more feedback on what your opinions are of the book, uh, the art, where you think this may be going, any um, theories you might have. I would love to hear that. You can leave that in the comments. Um, and, of course, make sure that you share, subscribe, like, you know, tell a friend. If you know someone who's an X-Men fan, guide them our way. Uh, let them know about the podcast, let them know about the X Shack. They can come on in and enjoy themselves. But until next time, I will see you later.